Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. You had to be there, the performance rankings, a slight tangent, and the crappy quiz. Have you ever done therapy, Adrian? Specifically related to the crappy quiz, though. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Seven fifty-two. Ronan Garrett. Good morning to you. Uh, yeah. How are you keeping? <laughs> I'm trying to keep a straight face. <laughs> have you ever had to do the best man gig? <laughs> uh, I have. Yeah. November 2024. Is it? Wow. Ridiculous. Like any advice, Ronan? Preparation and preparation. <laughs> <laughs> he's not, he's working a season ahead of himself. It's, here. An, it's an individual gig, yeah. a bit like the number ten role. Like you're like a fly half essentially in a big match. No, no, no. no you don't have a leg to stand on. You're way off. And I'm not entertaining it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's too much. It's eight, well, it's what nine o'clock in the morning here, eight o'clock with you. You're gonna be turning people away from you. You want more people to listen. The usual. Um, one step away from a third final in a row, Rona. This is, uh, I mean, whatever way you look at it from here, it's um, you're not the plucky underdog anymore. This is exceptional form. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's why the game against Saracens was a big, big game. I think it was a big step for the club. I think it was a big step for for what I'm trying to do, what we're trying to do. And um, it was very important. Um, and it's why, I suppose... You put such an emphasis on at the defensive side of the game as well. A lot of people, players, supporters, maybe coaches, I think they've put huge emphasis on attack. But like for uh, trophies and silverware, you need a, a really performing defence. And we were very good without the ball against Saracens and beyond average with the ball um, because we probably left six to eight try scoring opportunities out there which is sounds well what game is this guy watching but when you go through it again on Monday that is the reality of it but it was very pleasing in terms of how we I suppose see the game as a, as a collective and um, you know I mean Saracen scored 10 points um, they were awarded 10 points they scored 3 points but a, a try was given because of the decision by Andy Brace who was excellent on the day obviously was that he saw the ball um, touched the line but when Joy Neville went to look for it uh, she couldn't disagree with his on-field decision <laughs> so it's about the language you use as well so that was in in um, for some people it doesn't it's not relevant for, for me it's hugely relevant, uh, relevant because he wanted to keep them scoreless couple of tries from Carbardo as well in that game Ronan I think if, I, if my uh, translation from French was accurate from your post-match interview I think you described him as the best num- number nine in the world after DuPont yeah I think for consistently that uh, that would be I'm obviously biased because I see him day in day out and I probably see his professionalism and I see how he prepares I like that in players uh but also I think he's uh, he's an absolute hybrid between a back row and a nine uh, his basics and fundamentals in, in the attacking side of the game with the ball are, are, are really good but what he does without the ball and I think for people who enjoy probably um, big moments in game just early on his capacity to chop tackle uh, back rows coming at him it's, it's a, a lot better than most back rows in the world
there was a moment in that match where Will Skelton is lifted at the line out all 145 kgs of him and I'm, and I'm sitting there while a clip went a bit viral on, on, on Twitter at some point but um, it's, it's, it's just always funny when you see someone being lifted at a line out that you don't expect is that is that a pre-planned manoeuvre is that something obviously that's that's there's careful consideration given to before the match yeah of course yeah you'd like to think that it's not the first time <laughs> <laughs> the lads who want to be ready for that yeah to be fair yeah because uh, but it's uh, you know that's uh, Dunnick Ryan and his work and uh, his thought process and that gives you a little insight into into how he operates he's always looking for an advantage or an edge and um, yeah I must admit I had a chuckle to myself up in the stand as well with the uh, getting the two JCBs ready to lift up Will Skelton into the into the sky so it's uh, yeah even as serious as the game was I, I kind of was wow that's does that look right? Um, <laughs> I'm not too sure, but if there's easy ball available and when Will catches it, um, there are very few in the world, if any, who are better with the ball in hand. So um, another string to his bow and keep the opposition guessing. I don't know. I think there was too much of a deal made about him being lifted. I don't know how much lifting was done. I think he <laughs> wasn't like lifted a, too high. But it does keep, it keeps, like, obviously it keeps opposition guessing as well, Ronan, even in terms of the next game or the next games, whether it's domestically or in Europe. Like, you know, you had the wall, obviously, and I don't know, was that Dunica's invention as well in the Ad Lasser game? Like, those little plays that sort of keep the next opponent guessing about what's coming. Yeah, and also probably give it a bit of excitement to the training week. If you consider what the boys face every week, you know, you're trying not to have the same Monday, the same Tuesday. If you play on a Saturday, it's the Wednesday off for their day to probably look at non-rugby stuff. Then... Thursday is nearly the same session. Friday is, you know, after a number of months, years, that just that just gets to you. You have to bring something different, and uh, you know it was probably why the Barbarians week was very beneficial in season. Just having that capacity, just to see how your approach can be different and um, that's why it was so great just having such a light week and huge and high in entertainment factor and high in um, guys being able to express themselves and um, you know I mean, plenty of other teams are looking at how you can um, score tries without kicking to the corner or taking a scrum so the wall is one option Leinster have a number of brilliant options uh, in the 22 with great variety so um, you know I think just where you do a wall is you're kind of potentially trying to hide the ball for a little bit to give yourself um, a little bit of an advantage. But um, as you, what you don't see is the takes that happen, um, not on match day. So <laughs> it's the blueberry. It's a little bit of a car crash TV when you're going back over it. But um, you know, you gotta uh, enjoy those little moments in a camp. It just all work, 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 work. It makes it like a high wire act, though, when you're because it's exactly what I would have assumed. To be honest, if you're you're talking about the wall and the the um, trying to pull something like that together, because if it doesn't come off on the day, like it is a real high wire act. You're a hero if it comes off, and if it doesn't, it's like what are they trying to do here? It should have just kicked it to the corner. Yeah, yeah, that's that'll always be there, Adrian. Though mm. you know, if you know, as if as you know the expression, if my if my aunt had, she'd be my uncle, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> so. What was that? <laughs> <one>? <laughs> you can look, can't look say that. Liam Brady had a very, uh, said it very famously after a game, I think, for Celtic at one point. Um, so, you know, you're just, 
uh, it's what you believe in and if you think it's going to work then train it and then prepare and then it could easily because uh, a lot of things are, are becoming full cycle or full circle in the game and a lot of things that were out of fashion are coming back into fashion and a lot of uh, you mean there's no way as a coach you can say that I have uh, probably a, an experienced rationale above my players on something like the wall you know it's really let's see does this mm. work together and then if you get a good vibe off it let's bring it in if you don't alright cut do you, uh, do you go through many things that you cut um, oh yeah not, not um, potentially um, cut 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 but like mm. in terms of a menu shall we say in terms of plays like I can remember even in the, in the language you used to use with the Crusaders is basically you have like a pamphlet of a Chinese uh, restaurant literally like you go from number one to 179 for uh Chili, chili fried rice. <laughs> oh, great shout. That's the wall, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's along that uh, uh, great scale wall. where you could have, let's go for option 223 on the menu this week. Uh, but like you bank so many plays over the years that, um, you know what I mean? The perfect example is the Joe Schmidt play, is it where he pulled out of 2011 that Ireland scored off this year in, in off a kickoff reception goal line dropout against um Finney Beelham back into um Yeah, cut inside to Keenan, was it or Hugo Keenan, exactly. Yeah. You know, so that's your perfect example of how big your menu can get. Do you stay it's it was funny we we had Quinny last week I think he was talking about the trip he took to, to France and um I know he met up with yourself running at one of the matches but um, he complimented how calm he said he was surprised I think as well by how calm you were on the sidelines um, is, is, is that something that, that you've had to pre-plan train yourself to be calm on the sideline put other thoughts out of your mind or is that just a natural thing like it's not a Pep Guardiola animated sideline show is what I'm trying to say uh, it could well be and it has been I just <laughs> I think that's we're not robotic neither, and coaches aren't either you know so um, you have to obviously channel that and you have to work in that and uh, perception sometimes isn't reality and I obviously have a very poor disciplinary record attached to me but I think when you strip it back and understand the why behind that I think there's there's a pretty good defence there but uh, I can't say that because I'm the person involved but um, in terms of why and how I got a ban was probably because of trying to protect my players Uh, but um yeah, like it's it's um always a learning opportunity, the your behaviour on the sideline or your behaviour around people and the fact that even if you're the coach, like how much information can they take at half time and how much information can they take at the end of the game. So don't be getting uh yourself too wound up in the fact that you have to come up with a killer speech at at, at, at these moments. I think you've got to have the capacity to stay in the moment, stay present, and also what I value is how maybe the leaders of the play need uh, a redirection or confirmation of what they are doing. I think it's all the more remarkable that you stay so calm when you reveal that you've eight to ten flat whites per day, which is not easy to stay calm under those circumstances either. I think it's 
when you have that and antibodies that are hard to get at, you just keep going, isn't it? Just keep drinking it. Keep drinking it till till there's a system overload. Obviously, every every month or two, and you know, you know what happens then. There's four or five days off it. You have to go detox. Yeah, yeah, because you've <laughs> you've spent too much time running to the loo. <laughs> I think we're for for uh, five past eight in the morning. We're definitely getting a bit too uh, too deep in the detail here. What? Uh, what? Um, well, well, they. You can thank Shane for that. <laughs> the, the Chinese send menu in, was... Send in your urgent emails and points for my my uh, best man speech in November 2024. <laughs> I couldn't honestly... I genuinely thought we were talking about like a few weeks down the track. Yeah, I actually couldn't believe when you dropped it. It's a new law in, in, in OTB. You were able to share a bit of a, a few words and a, a smile and a chat with Owen Farrell on the pitch afterwards? Yeah, yeah. I... Um, um, because obviously people see the scoreline, you know, but 24-10, we get a yellow card, Brees Dulan goes to the bin, they have a period of pressure, like, in my head, it wasn't beyond the, the realms of possibility that this game finished in 2024, and we have to face into uh, additional time, uh, with a lot of our kind of leaders off the pitch thinking the job is done, you know, so... Um, no, I think I was chatting to him about his dad, actually, and, uh, and that's why we started laughing, I think, because I forget, uh, it, obviously, that his dad is Andy Farrell, because it's um, it's crazy when you think about it, obviously, because he had him so, uh, had him so young, you know, because I'm kind of thinking, yeah, my mum and dad haven't been over uh, to, to La Rochelle, and I was saying... That that's Andy, isn't it? And he was saying, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah <so. laughs> I just, uh, you know, it's it's I I hard to decipher the the two sporting grades because mm. all I can picture when I see Andy Farrell is in a Wigan jersey, and when I see Owen Farrell is in a Saracens or an England jersey, but I, I I always forget the the great story that it's father and son. You know, I kind of have a a brother's mentality logged in, which. Uh, it was just so natural and beautiful the way he kind of said, well, yeah, my mum and dad were coming over. And then I, I kind of had to, I, I, I said what I was thinking out loud when I didn't want to say what I was thinking out loud. So it was just trying to process it. And and he started laughing at me. So it was. I think, um, I think he, I think he had him when he was like 16 or 17. So there's like a real sort of plenty of siblings that would be in the same sort of category. Um, we're obviously at the business end and we'll talk to you again down the track maybe about your own game but how you cut the other one feels like there seems to be this it, it's bizarre right because like even paying attention to whatever narratives that have cropped up around the final four teams that are there and you kind of feel that any one of them will win it it feels like uh, we've every a lot of people have fallen back into the same narrative from last year that it's Leinster's to lose which feels bonkers given the quality of opposition that are there and particularly the quality of opposition they're going to meet in the semis yeah, well, that's people outside of any circle saying that, you know. I don't think any people within the Leinster camp have, have, have thoughts like that. Or, you know, I mean, what's happening at the minute is probably all previous winners left in the semi finals. So they know how to get over the finishing line. So what's set up for the semi finals is obviously uh, La Rochelle playing in Bordeaux will be expected to beat Exeter and. Uh, Leinster at home to Toulouse uh, people will expect uh, Leinster to win that game but um, you know let them think what they want isn't it that's mm. that's for 
for other people to to get excited about. I think four camps will have a plan and four uh, camps appreciate where they are. And this is what it's all about. You, this is where it gets very exciting. And this is the, as you say, the business end of the competition. But uh, genuinely, um, you know, I mean, we played Sunday at four o'clock. We play Bay on a Saturday night. We've had twenty one days to play prepare for our game. Um, so like genuinely it was uh, I think people probably stayed in the moment for 12 hours till Monday night Tuesday you turned the page getting mm. ready for for top 14 because um, well you've done a little bit of time over here you, you understand the fervour and the, the, the passion behind the top 14 so um, you know I mean it's not like you're living in, in, in Ireland where there's a priority to European Cup obviously yeah, yeah, or you can have nearly a quasi-off week, nearly in Leinster's case. How are you calling that game, despite the tightness of it? Because you know both of those teams very uh, very well, Leinster and Toulouse. Um, it, it's impossible for me to call, obviously, because I probably, when you know teams very well, uh, Toulouse will be, have serious, they're the two teams with the most history in the competition, obviously, and uh Toulouse's last visit uh, to Aviva will be top of their memory and uh, that doesn't happen then. A scoreline like that won't happen again. Um, but the cohesion of Leinster again, you'd think it's a tight game against Leicester and then the following morning you look at it, what, there's nearly 30 or 40 points in the difference. Um, so, um, but Toulouse have... Um, players that can win on any day that's the simple reality of it you know you look at their forwards and you look at Dupont who's the best player in the world they have Entomac and they have Ramos and they have a spine of a team that, that at the top level can can beat any team there's been a bit their home with the followers and their supporters and their game plan they'll back themselves but it's a it's a as you expect at uh, this level of competition it's it's um, it'll be a brilliant game you mentioned Leinster will be at home, Ronan. There's been a little bit made this week, and maybe it's because Leinster are so dominant um, over here that, that Leinster have home advantage in a final, and the, the final shouldn't be decided until both teams are, are, are decided, essentially. And Brian Murr wrote a piece this week which kind of hinted at that and said it should be a neutral venue. Obviously, the argument then is that you know you have to sell tickets out quite far in advance. There's security that has to be arranged as well. Where do you, where do you stand on all this, the, the idea that, that a final should be neutral? Um, well, this decision was made at the very before a ball was kicked, you know. So once you enter, you know where the final is. Getting to the final, only two teams get there, so it's very easy people for throw stones from a distance. Um, but with the level of, I suppose, interest in this uh, competition and the growing, I suppose, uh, interest in the game with the Rugby World Cup. Uh, around the corner um, there was an opportunity potentially to grow the game you know you could play a final maybe in the new Camp play it in the San Siro you could play it in uh, anywhere probably in Europe uh, but um, you mean Leinster had to get have to get to, to a final for it to be in the Aviva so yeah they play a lot of games there and it's a second home for them but like every other team uh, knew that at the start of the competition so there's no point whining now you know um, this is what it is and um, 
I mean, we're only at semi-final stages, so mm. um, I think it's uh, very people. You know, what I mean, probably don't underestimate or underestimate how good Toulouse are. Yeah, Leinster are in Dublin, and they were a lot uh, more organised for them the last time they played. But sport um, can change quickly, and depends on. on on the moment, you know, you've seen enough of, uh, examples of that throughout the years that uh, you have no idea who's going to be in the final yet. Yeah, it could become a very moot conversation in 12 days' time. We'll see how it pans out over the next few weeks. We'll, be, uh, we'll come back to you again, Ronan, maybe in about 12 months' time to ask if you have any more tips for uh, for Shane on the, uh, <laughs> on the best Give it, Have a think there, Ronan, for, for about a year, a year and a half, maybe. I think the calendar's a little less busy. <laughs> Thanks a million. Yeah. See you guys. Bye-bye. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.